to Rise in Red, the official SFU hockey podcast presented by Scoff's Hockey Shop and Choppy's Meat Market and Deli. Nick Torn alongside Mark Coletta, producer Jake, here with you and another episode and another few games. How you feeling, Mark? Well, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of feel empty a bit after two losses in games, I believe. We should have bowl won both, and wow, that's that's tough to to swallow a bit. And and I think you got to be honest and assess where we were at. And I think we were we were playing really well. Not to say we we didn't play well in those games. I mean, we had the lead mm-hmm. with nine ten minutes going into the sorry nine ten minutes left in the third versus LIU on the first night, and we we played well. We yeah. we just couldn't figure out a way to finish that game off and a couple of mistakes and just a bit of that loosey goosey attitude set in. Maybe we could have done a better job of the coaching staff to, to nip that in the butt, but you know, we had a great week of practice going in. We, we knew the game plan. We, we know what LAU brings to the table and we just couldn't close it off. And then, and then the disappointing part is you, you go into the Sunday game against Arcadia, which is, it's a good D3 program. They're 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 working their way up the ladder. And again, you think, you know, you're a little bit wishy-washy in, in how things are going. And again, you're always fighting from behind. You're battling back to score goals to tie it, give up a goal, then try to tie it. I just thought it was again one of those games that we let slip away because of guys just being a little loose. Um, and again, it, it is what it is. There's a little bit of a of a challenge to win games when you're on the road and you have to figure out how to get over that hump. And we just didn't do it, but it was, it was, yeah, came coming back with stuff. I think the boys enjoyed the trip. You know, they got to see some things that they didn't get to see. The, the day in New York was a good bonding day for them. They, a bunch of them went to the Ranger game. You know, some of us got to see some old friends and old teammates and stuff like that. So, but that's not what we're here for. We're here to win hockey games. And, and um, at the end of the day, we lost those games and we took, we took that out and, and worked hard the, the last week here in practice. And, and even though we don't play again to the 30th, you know, they, they, they understood um, there were some consequences about losing games. Yeah. I just, I just want to kind of ask you, you know, that three, one loss to Long Island University, then a five, four loss to Arcadia. You both games, as you said, were close until the very end. And what I'm finding with most of the SVU games this year is you guys are in it and are winning after the first two periods and the third period, that's when it all fall apart. Is is that a result of maybe just the NCAA? You know, they play for 60 minutes and maybe, you know, we're used to maybe different leagues where they don't go the full 60 minutes or you've already won within that time frame. But it, have you noticed that, that it's the third period that seems to be the downfall right now? Yeah, you know, I, I you know, we chat with our guys a bit. We're, we're hard on them and, and we're pretty open and honest with them and we don't really try to, to sugarcoat anything. And maybe, maybe honestly... Um, sometimes hurts, but it's the truth. And I said to the guys the other week in a team meeting um, after we got back and kind of addressed some issues, I said, you know, let's not forget in every game besides Michigan, which Michigan's Michigan, we've been either tied or had the lead in the third period. And we're playing some pretty good teams as a team that's not funded. And what I mean by not funded, I mean, you know, we're not at the division one level (laughs) um, scholarships and, and funding at that level. We don't have all the amenities of those of those programs. And we've been doing pretty close, if not just as good as some of these programs. And yeah. 
And I think that goes unnoticed because the results aren't yes. where they need, but the guys need to pat themselves on the back because they've worked hard and the results will come, but there's just that little mental gap, that preparedness, that, that sticking to the system and really bearing down in times when you need to. It's almost like the situation where you could say about a goaltender, whether it's soccer or hockey, whatever sport has a goaltender in it. And you can say, well, he made a lot of big saves. He or she made a lot of big saves, but he let in a soft one, right? The soft one is the one that kills you. He can make 20 glove saves and kick saves and whatever you want to make. But if you let in that cheap one, that kills you. And, and I'm not, I'm just using that as an analogy. So a lost face-off or a missed assignment late in the third period really crushes you. And then that belief and that motivation part kind of dies down a bit. And, and I think our guys got to figure that out. Yeah, no, it wasn't necessarily a knock. It's just, it's just something you notice. And, but they played well. They played well in the games. And it's, it's you know, there's still a whole mess of games to come up. And now looking ahead, uh, we have a lot of big games. Uh, we still have one more game for you left in this calendar year of 2023. And that's December 30th against Trinity Western. And that's should be a, always that's always a fun game. And that should be a really good one, Mark. Yeah, playing against the the local rivals, uh, TWU and, and UBC is, is always important for us. It's a measuring stick. They're doing some good things at the U Sport level. We we're recruiting in the same area. We're fighting for players. So you you want to make sure you put your best foot forward, not only for the players, for the parents, for for families choosing uh, what school they want to go to, and 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 hockey's that is that thing that maybe pushes guys over the edge to come and play. And if we can do some good things on, on all fronts academically and, you know, resources and, and facilities and, and bring people in and, and then be competitive at that level is important. Now the game alone is going to be heated. It's going to be testy. Guys know each other. Um, the, there's no love loss between Trinity Western and SFU stemming back to the BCIHL days. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, these are games we want to win. You know, we, he, he, when you play UBC and Trinity Western, you, you know, it's kind of like, you know, those those rivalry games in the U.S. and the football side. They can, you know, if, if Ohio State lost every game but beat Michigan, it's almost a successful season. I mean, if you look at what happened a couple of weeks ago on the football side, their coach is like 95% winning percentage, but he lost the Michigan game and they want to fire him. Like, so, I mean, I think that those rivalries mean something and Trinity's down the road. We're here and, and it's going to be a good game. College sports, there is honestly nothing like it. But looking ahead into the new year, and these are where some of the biggest games in program history are going to happen. Starting with Boston University, BU, the Terriers. Uh, they're currently 11-4-1. They're the uh, number two seed, it seems like, or the tied at the number two seed as of December 4th. You might not see these players at this game because the World Junior Hockey Championships will be going on, but the uh, presumptive number one overall pick, Macklin Celebrini, playing for Canada, Tom Olander, the Vancouver Canucks, first-round pick of last year. And Lane Hudson, the 2022 second rounder for the U.S. on BU. You might not see them, but that's still a pretty talented team. This, 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 this with them even not there. Yeah, I mean, obviously there will be a Celebrini in the lineup with Aiden, and, and yes. he's he's pretty good Canuck, himself. Canuck draft Canuck, pick. Canuck pick. Um, I see a Celebrini every week with my son RJ uh, at oh, yeah. the, the U12 level. So. There's Celebrini and, and a Coletta connection somewhere here. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's going to be fun to go to BU. I mean, historic uh, college hockey program. 
you know, Jackie Parker, historic coach, the, the, the area college hockey's huge there, you know, obviously having that team with Macklin and, and Willander and, and Hudson already is, is huge. It's going to be tough no matter what. Um, maybe it's a good thing that those guys aren't in the lineup. They'll be at world <laughs> juniors. So good on them. And, um, yeah, it's going to be real cool for our guys to play and, um, they, our guys better be ready. That's for sure. Then we go on to staying in that area, the Boston college, uh, the Eagles, uh, yeah. Thatcher Demko's alma mater for the Canucks. Um, they're 12, three and one. They are also tied at second as of December 4th in the NCAA. Um, they got a quite a few world junior hockey players in that game, and I believe they're all in the U.S. So, yeah. you know, Jacob Fowler, Drew Fortescue, Cutter Goche, Ryan Leonard, Gabe Perot, and Will Smith all likely will not be in the lineup. Perfect. We, you know, you never know. They're good That's teams. Great. So, <laughs> it's really, I'm, I'm really, you know what? I'm happy for them. They're they're at the World Junior Tournament. It's a great event for them to be at. Um, and so we'll again we'll have to. Face off against another top end team, and our guys again better be ready because I would imagine they're going to have guys chomping at the bit to play that might not get a lot of ice time when those guys are there. And this is what college sports is about: there's trying to make a name for yourself when opportunity arises. And you know we're in no different situation. We got a lot of senior guys leaving next year, so some of our young guys in the second second semester here are going to have to prove themselves that they could play at this level. So it's the it's the old adage, right? You 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 have to take advantage and kick the door down when you have it. And so those guys are gone. Maybe good for us. We have to play hard, and we're gonna have to play tough, and, and we're gonna have to meet uh, that emotion right away um, on back to back nights against two of the maybe best, arguably best college university NCAA Division One universities in, in in the country. I mean, I mean, shit, let's figure it out here. We played Michigan, Colorado College, BU, BC, Providence, all in one year. Like, I don't think there's many D1 teams who have those guys on their schedule. So not sure that was a smart idea by me, but um, <laughs> well, uh, nobody ever said I was smart, but uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, you mentioned the Providence game just announced Providence, uh, the yes. Friars, uh, nine, four and two. They're currently ranked ninth in the NCAA uh, draft picks who I can only remember is Mark Jankowski that year, many, many years ago when the Calgary Flames took him. They've had some good players, though. They Tanev's have his brother. Gillies, the goalie La- lately. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Lou Lamorello. Lou Lamorello. I think Brian Burke. is Brian right. Burke. Um, yeah. The uh, yeah. So great hockey school. Awesome. And and. I mean, just announced. How did how did that come about? You know, I, I think they they saw we were coming out. They needed a game because they have a, a long break. Um, I'm I'm somewhat friends with a couple of guys here and there through email or whatever. And, and um, you know, they reached out and asked if they'd play. And, and you know, Nate Lehman and, and Beal have been been really generous and, and said they'd they'd host us. And okay, let's let's do this. I mean. How many times do you get to play these kind of teams in one calendar year? And for our guys, for our seniors, especially are going out, you know, these, these are something they'll never forget. And yeah, it might be tough three and three, but you know, like, you know, Jason Krog kind of laughed at a couple of the guys the other day in the dressing room saying, Oh, you're, you, th- you think we'll be okay playing coach. And Krog is like, how about playing in the East coast or the American league where sometimes you play four and five, like figure it out guys, like your college athletes, you don't turn down games like this. And that's the attitude we need. And our guys are starting to figure that out. And then, and that makes you, it makes you strong. It's uh, it, it's going to be tough. 
But yeah, they came to the bat. Nate Lehman's been a big proponent of college hockey. He supports everything we're doing, and and, and you know, obviously, a world junior hockey coach, and, and he won a national title a bunch of years ago. Real, real cool. We were there a bunch of years ago and took our took a wallet, but um, cool arena, cool spot. I mean, that whole area of the Massachusetts and Rhode Island, yeah. just history is all over there from, you know, the American Revolution and and all that stuff. It's a cool spot to be. Um, yeah, so we're excited. I got to say that that is pretty noticeable for this program when they reach out to us. Yeah, you may know somebody, but that's still huge for this program. Pretty that's pretty exciting year coming ahead. Uh, we should just mention with the BCIHL team, they'll be playing in the Tom Harris Showcase uh, yeah. over in Nanaimo. Um, they're going to be playing teams like SAIT, the South Alberta Institute of Technology, Korea University, which is a really cool story, and Concordia of Edmonton, who defeated UVic twice already this year. Uh, should be a fun tournament. Yeah, they've done well. I mean, they they've a lot of turnover with those guys. Mark and, and Stewie have done a good job of patching it up and bringing it together. And those kids are having a great opportunity. Again, student athletes at SFU playing competitive hockey. And, you know, hopefully we'll have Mark on here to, to give us some thoughts on, on on his first year as coach of the BCIHL team. And and then I think they get some transfers coming in and some um, some reinforcements, let's just say, to the lineup coming in at Christmas. So uh, they should be they should be ready to go. Perfect. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see that, and hopefully, yeah, we'll get Mark on the podcast shortly. Do we have Do we have an All American on attendance? This is incredible. An All American joining us for the hot stove. All right. All right, now we're moving on to our dump and change segment, and we got our Jeff Marshall in again with a friend on the frame who I'm not sure who that is. Why don't you explain who you are? Yeah, thanks for having me back. Appreciate the Domino's coupon, guys. Uh, real nice touch. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's. Uh, I'll pass it over to my uh, my guest here tonight. Yeah, longtime uh, listener, friend of the show. Yeah, love Ro- it. Old roommate of Mark Coletta. Learned a lot from Mark. What a great coach. Played at Plattsburgh State. Learned from these guys. So. Yeah, Jason Jason Kilcan is, I guess, having some Christmas cheer, which yeah. is which is great to have to have Christmas cheer at this time of year, family and friends. But Jason Kilcan, let me tell you, is an All American, Plattsburgh State Hall of Famer, and um, he he could add probably some good insight here on our couple of talking points here. All right, well, you mentioned it. Let's get into those talking points. Thanks, and I'm excited. You should be, because these are pretty interesting topics, actually. And one that I think I have opinions on is uh, the shrinking gap between Canada and USA hockey. And I'm going to just start this off and say the gap isn't shrinking. The gap has shrunk and they might be ahead. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Yeah. You played down there for a bit. And after your Plattsburgh days, what do you think? Yeah, well, I agree. I mean, let's go. Why don't we, uh, let's see. You said the gap's close, so hopefully you prepared for this segment because we know it's not your forte. Um, I think the back, I think when you started the goaltending, you can go definitely the U.S. has got the edge there. When you think of Hellebuck, Jake Ottinger, uh, Demko, who's in your backyard, guys. I saw him live recently. I thought he was awesome. Uh, Even let's go a fourth guy who I think is pushing those three. The wall in Toronto. No. Yeah. Oh, let's get the let's get it's the, a fact. Let's get the leave talk in here early. He's great. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the goaltending spot on, buddy. I think you're right. I think the, 
the Canadian team is going to break out Frank Caprice. I mean, I don't know who else we got, right? Like, I, I don't Danny know. Danny Legacy. Remember him yeah. in the World <laughs> Junior? He was unbelievable. Maybe Frank Peterangelo. Frank Peterangelo comes out of retirement. I don't Justin know. Justin Pogge. World Junior Pogge. legend, Justin Pogge. There you go. Um, but, um, I, I mean, even if you look at the defense, Adam Fox, Cam York, Quinn Hughes. Who's Zuma? on Canada? Kale yeah. McCarr? Like, who's nope. in Canada? Like, all our Canadian stars are... Uh, Kale McCarr. So we still have the okay. best team. Kale McCarr. McCarr, Petra Angelo. He's 30-something. True. So, whoa, whoa. I'm 45, could still play D3. That's three, <laughs> three of the Americans I just listed are like 25 and under. I have to say. I have John, to say. I can still catch you on at New England College. You you might be right, though, in the, in the defensive end, too. I don't know. I think you're right. TSM oh. added on. I think Canada's... Uh, it has to be. It's going to be tight. If they had a best on best, it'd be tight. I I, I wouldn't necessarily say NHL level is it, it's it's closer, but definitely in the juniors, it's a mess. We're going to see in a week, two weeks. Yeah, I'll give credit. U.S. Development Program. I'll give them credit. Right, they're bridging the gap. They're playing together all year. These guys all come together later after playing junior college hockey. Yeah, they're all familiar with each other. I think a little more so than Canadians, right? I just feel like after, you know, every year felt like Canada, whatever, whatever the tournament was, you felt like Canada was going to win. And now I'm, I, every time I play the U.S., I'm like, eh. well, at least it's competitive for a while. You didn't I agree. Even, like, it's nice now that we're not always going to win. I like that. But I, yeah, it's, uh, completely agree with that. And the best, the best college hockey player I've seen this year is from Florida. Yeah. Shane Casey from the University of Michigan. Wow, you're you're still a big fan of the University of Michigan. Love it, man. Oh, he stop talking. You see his bedroom. Just ordered my. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I'm hoping I get it for Christmas. Number twenty six. Hope I get the jersey. <laughs> you got a you got a Nick Wicks jersey coming your way too, buddy. Number twenty four. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got the number uh, right. I just got the Christmas card from the Wicks family. Real Wicks nice, solid, real nice family. Good leader too. Great leadership skills. Yeah, I, I have to agree with some of the American pundits. What's his name on Spitting Chicklets said um, the U.S. has, Boy, has closed we'll the gap. Matthews, uh, no look up front, Matthews, Hughes. There's like, they're they're dialed, man. The Brinkat, I'm not a big fan of, but yeah, you got to throw him in the mix. Kane, back, wheeling and dealing, maybe. After, after McDavid McKinnon, Stamkos is on his way. Marner, you have, you have Mitchie from Toronto. Another, another good Toronto boy. We got him. Uh, oh, Domi. He could play. No. Oh, Lord. I throw Lord, Domi Lord. on that team. Who hey, look, the best American player is JT Miller. He's right here in our backyard. Right Morgan here. Riley makes the team. There's another leaf for you. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing I'm just noticing. All the Canadians you're listing are 26, 27, 28, 30. Like we're, we're old. Prime. You could say prime. I don't think Morgan Riley's in his prime. Morgan Riley's on the decline. Decline. Oh no, he's mature. Oh my goodness, mature. I like Torrance takes. I like him. I like him. This guy's hot taking me, man. No chance. But I okay. He's been the only Leafs defender for how many years now? Well, got to be dying. No, he's loving it, man. He's loving his life. Oh, we have another special guest. We have time for one more. I don't know. I don't know. Port Alberni All Star number eight. Jack Swismer is going to join the pod. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Sit down. Uh, Jax, just the uh, welcome. All right. All right. Okay. How did we get? How did we get a BCHL or in here? NCAA Division One commit. Uh, we're talking U.S. Canada and the gap. And um, 
how close it is at the at the Olympic level. What are your thoughts? U.S. and Canada. Yeah. Do you think it's the gaps closed? I don't know. I think like I think goaltending U.S. has is us for That's sure. What I said we, we mentioned uh, yeah. defensively. I don't know. I'm drawing a blank right now. I don't know. If anything about That's players. okay. They, they, they got it. They got it. I'm going to have a stage fright here. But, don't uh, worry about it. The four of us are the ones that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, think, I think USA has a little bit of a bite. This is the Cleveland wait, Indians yeah, you podcast. Think, you think U.S. You think, <laughs> Speaking you of think, no one's listening. You think that U.S. is going to beat Canada? I think they could. I, I think they, they have, too. They I think have a good they chance. Could. I think the threat is real as, as well. I, I agree. I think when you have Conrad David and Nathan McKinnon and Sidney Crosby on the team, I think it's pretty hard to beat those and guys Marner. by themselves. Never mind when they're on yeah. the teams. Any yeah. given Sunday, you know. But yeah, okay. So since you're here, you're of the younger generation, as we can say. Um, let's move on to the hitting in minor hockey or the lack thereof, apparently. I Look, I didn't play hockey growing up, so I don't know what you say, Adam and Bantam. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's so much easier in other sports. But, um, okay, so you can't hit until, what, age 50? Um, you can't, yeah. In Ontario, at least, it works different different in different provinces, but sure. you can't hit, I think it's like, yeah, 15 now? Yeah. Okay, um, so. I don't know how much he knows about hitting. I don't know. I never oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it. true. It's been past time generation to myself as one. well. But. Just saw my old stats in junior. I think I had 14 pins one year. That's seven minors. <laughs> Yeah. The hitting starts in Bantam now, which yeah, is yeah, okay, which is grade okay. grade eight. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, how did you? So you say you played in the BCHL. You might be going to the NCAA, and uh, how did that prepare you for not if you haven't hit for so long, and now all of a sudden you've had to learn it in a quick, short amount of time? And and like, how is that? Do you think that's affected your game at all? I don't. I don't think so. I think uh, I don't know. I know back in when you played um, in the nineties. Yeah, I didn't want to get back. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah no in the nineties um I think it was hitting all the way up yeah and minor peewee started so yeah so been... a bit just a tiny bit earlier than I guess yeah. my generation but I don't know I think it's I actually don't I don't know if it's a big that big of a difference well I no I, there's I ran into a guy at the rink the other day it was like I think they should start hitting right away because then it doesn't make such a, it doesn't become like a thing it's like oh it's always part of the game and you just yeah you never. Oh, I think it's. I think it's. Pretty but I don't. I agree. I don't think anyone hits anymore. Like I went to the Leaf game, and I mean, the Leafs were ready to. But I don't. I don't see like. I think you guys it's more so, level. No, I think it's more so at like when you get to the junior level, it's more like getting ready for a twenty-one-year-old with a beard telling you he's gonna kill you, and you're like, oh, this is, <laughs> I can't wait to see yeah. how this goes. Yeah. I think it's more so like the fighting that you're like, oh, like this is something I wish I would have prepared for. I think mm. you're surprised with how many guys can't handle themselves. I guess in a level where you can start fighting and it becomes a bit of a shy slideshow pretty quickly. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I'd say you, you're right. The Leafs don't hit, but they get hit a lot and they don't do anything about it. Oh, this guy. Yeah, I think I think they I think they start way too late, way too late for the hitting. And to be honest, and then the kids just go out yeah. thinking it's a free for all. Yeah. So what would you do then? Yeah. Great question. I think they should tailor make it to being a little younger again and, and let let the kids learn how to either check checking instead of hitting maybe a little different i know i know i've seen some kids they're doing inter introduction to hitting now and these kids just fly around the ice trying to kill kids then you have your kids who who are jumping into the second year who've never hit the guys have a year ahead of them and they're just blasting each other and it's really not the best way to introduce hitting to grade sevens but yeah 
that's yeah. my you know i don't know again i think it's you just got a lot of kids who are just going out there just trying to kill each other instead of actually playing hockey yeah what the point of the game is agreed yeah fair enough fair enough that uh those don cherry's rock and sock em whatever's were uh they're not really a thing anymore they should be hit man i used to want every year at a christmas what a what a treat that was to get yeah, just absolutely i i i got a few of them and awesome. right in your stock stocking stuffer for, for old jeffy yeah little stocking stuffer for a little jeffy the canucks are hot right now sweet enough of vancouver sports scene <laughs> what are the leaves doing doing what they always do they're doing great Oh yeah, Sheldon keeps throwing f bombs on the ice. Oh, he's at the buffet. <laughs> yeah, he could be there too. Yeah. He's filling in. He's filling in that shirt. <laughs> he's getting something to eat. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that does it for uh, dump and change. And thanks, Jeff, and all the other people that joined us on the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots, lots of action going on there. Lots no, of uh, Again. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back soon on the podcast. And thanks for everyone for joining us. We'll see you soon. All right, guys. All the best. Keep it up. I don't know what happened there. I don't know what happened there. We don't have to air that. We can cut that out. <laughs> you can edit it. We'll get Jeff back on solo. I don't know what was going on there.